0: Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode.
1: Ben! Hi. Hi. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Good news for the show. I'm single again, so I can focus (laughs) all my energy on the book boys.
0: Yeah, it was something that you didn't want to talk about in previous episodes. And I was going to open by saying, (laughs) you know, the one thing we can both count on in our lives, (laughs) reading obnoxious uh, Stephanie Meyer books and then uh, dreading it and then making an episode about it.
1: In some sense, I think Stephanie and Meyer is the most stable relationship I've had in a while. Like, she and I are, are have been there for each other for a long time now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can never disappoint Stephanie Meyer. She just continues to disappoint you.
1: Yeah, so, that's the one upside about that. Stephanie Meyer doesn't abruptly end things for some weird or unknown reasons. <laughs>
0: Well, so, besides the breakup, how's your week been? What, do you, what, is your, what have you been doing since the breakup, I guess, could probably be the focus of uh,
1: what you've been up to? A lot of moping? Taking your crippled leg and walking slowly around the lakes? Uh, Well, no, I'm, I'm jogging now. My my leg is uh, uncrippling itself at a breakneck pace.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: At a breakneck
0: yeah. pace? Because you said you're know, well,
1: doing like 20 minutes a shot. Yeah, but the physical therapist seems to think my recovery is ahead of schedule. I don't think they expected me to be jogging yet, so... Um. I'm quite pleased about that. Thank you for asking.
0: Oh, that's good. We talked about romantic scenarios with your physical therapist. Uh, when you did finally go take your jog, did you, like, finish at the end and then, like, get a big thing of water and spray it all over your head because you're just stressed? Wait, wait, back her? up.
1: First of all, what do you mean by finish?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and was your It wasn't that satisfying. To clap and cheer you on? Like, you did great. and Like, oh my god, Phil, you're here. And then he slides off the hood of his car and walks over and gives you a big hug yeah you nailed it okay well so how was the run uh jarring or
1: exhilarating uh, uh i don't well in between there uh you know but the the strength isn't there yet i could tell it's been a while since i've been on a, a run or a jog but uh, it felt good to get out there and do it just knowing that i can do that again that i can make activity like that a part of my life yeah.
0: it felt good you make it sound so uh, fulfilling would you are you worried about your knee buckling backwards cuz that makes you want to throw up just imagining that.
1: I hate that whole concept. Well, no, after the surgery I'm not worried about that anymore. In the past I was, but now the knee oh. feels much more stable. It's just the muscles need to be re-strengthened. So
0: Oh, sure. Now well, look at you. Did you have to ice it afterwards? In a big bathtub full of
1: ice? I like to imagine you as being like a uh, like a, a no. triathlon Triathlete? I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think that would have been a sign that I would overdone it if I had to do that. But no, it was fine. It uh, it went well. No, no complications. Sorry, sorry, nothing more dramatic. I know. I was expecting more out of this. Didn't We're happen for some...
0: months with you and your crutches and your grotesque-looking knee. Uh, does your knee at least look better? Is that the reason why she left you? Because it was
1: just putrefying. I, 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 again, I, it's a total mystery. So <laughs> me, that, that could very well be it. I don't know.
0: You're like giving her just a big bowl of guacamole with a big squirt of ketchup on top of it. Meanwhile, your gangrenous stitches on your knee are always exposed because you won't stop
1: wearing shorts around the house. Yeah, here I just I just sent you a, a picture that I took yesterday of the legs. So. Oh boy, here we go. So you can see for yourself what it looks like right now.
0: Oh, I also love that you sent a screenshot of uh, Spotify playing the Breaking Dawn soundtrack for you <laughs> while you were reading Breaking Dawn today.
1: <laughs> anyway, and it wasn't it wasn't the yeah, just a song off the soundtrack. It was on one of the little mixes that Spotify personalizes oh, for sure. you. I don't know how it got on there. And like, what the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> I love
1: how cheesy the cover.
0: I haven't gotten your picture, by the way. It's probably still coming. But I love how cheesy the cover is, with, like, Edward and Bella hugging sexily, and then uh, Jacob is standing with his back to them, looking kind of pouty and also sexily. Well, anyway, I don't have the picture. So we can move on. Uh, anything else you've been doing post-breakup? When did the breakup happen? This weekend? Um, like, eight hours <laughs> ago? <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh, but it is kind of funny.
1: <laughs> I know, I, I'm amused by it,
0: too. It's- it's well, I would I would weird. ask what you did before the breakup with your
1: two weeks since we last recorded, but I'm sure it's just all about her. <laughs> uh, my boss is back in the office, so oh, that's, that's good, in- inspiring. Sh- she recovered from COVID and pneumonia. She sounds like the type that probably came in and immediately was like,
0: "Guys, what's going on with uh, Biden trying to steal the election, huh?"
1: That's <laughs> what I'm imagining she did. Uh, I, if she was political, I think she probably would. But I think she's a political. Oh, so. okay, fine. Well, she's got something um, for. Her. But it's been fucking annoying. She's not a good manager of people. Yeah. Well, she sounds like she's
0: intense to begin with. I can't believe she got COVID and pneumonia, and she's fine because, like I've said in previous episodes, uh, the lady I work with, or will soon have worked with. Uh, she she was the one that um, recommended that Belong to Me book. Is that what it is? Shayla Black? Yeah. And again, fantastic
1: recommendation. It was. I kind
0: of think we need to go back to another one of those kind of books. Uh, <laughs> but in either case, she got COVID. And like I said before, it was not mild, but it wasn't horrible. She didn't have to go into the hospital or anything. She has asthma, so there's only one time she had to use her inhaler. Uh, but then when she, when she was finally cleared of the virus, like she doesn't have any more of the symptoms, everything just went down the tubes. Like her breathing is really impossible. <clears throat> she wound up going to the emergency room, and they wound up giving her, I forget what kind of drug that's supposed to possibly help her with their breathing. So I checked in on her a few days ago, and I was just like, how are you doing? And she's like, it's okay. It still hurts to breathe just sitting here at my desk. And I get winded after like three or four words in a sentence.
1: Yeah, it's a serious disease. Yeah,
0: and it's just completely downed her. I mean, when she got sick, she like didn't have the energy to like get up and walk or anything. She couldn't do anything. So the whole thing was pretty scary. But to have your boss get maybe something along those lines, but then also pneumonia on top of it, I'm surprised she's alive.
1: Yeah, pleasantly surprised she's alive. I'm sure you are pleasantly surprised. There's no way you would wish death on her, Ben. No, of course not. But it was nice not having her in the office for three or four weeks.
0: (laughs) Not a good person. (laughs) Me? Oh, thanks for asking. I have uh, (laughs) nothing to say. And it's concerning that two weeks can go by and I have literally nothing to say. Except that uh, I read an article that explained that it's becoming a big problem as, uh, like, all of this... Not, I mean, we're locked down again, kind of. They closed down bars and restaurants here in Minneapolis. But yeah. and just basically, you know, life isn't the same as it was a year ago. Like, you're not out as much as you used to. You don't see as friends as much as you used to, that kind of thing. And for me, it's even more so because of my kids and everything. It makes it tougher to just get out whenever someone's available. And now with the cold, uh, it makes it even more difficult to get out. But uh, I was reading that people need social interaction for the main reason that it gives you touch points and reminders of what's going on. So if you went somewhere for the weekend and like you rented a cabin and you fished and you did whatever else, you kind of got like a list of things that you did while you're up there. And then it's telling those stories to people around the water cooler or... You know, just your friends you get together with. Like, oh, this is what I did last weekend. Helps you remember, I guess. And then now that that's been taking away, a lot of people have this problem where they're like, I someone will ask me what I've been up to, and I have nothing to say, and it's been like four weeks, and I don't know what I did. And that's what my problem is. But I do have one thing.
1: <laughs> What's that one thing? Do tell. A mutual friend Corey got a
0: COVID scare. He hung out with someone that had it. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, stop doing that, Corey. I Come know. on. I know. He went to, like, go bowling with them. D- does Corey listen to us? No, he doesn't.
0: But I know. Well, he, why not? He's an intelligent person who will still say, I just don't know anyone that has COVID, so it's just tough to believe that it's really a problem. And I'm like, but it is. <sighs> he goes, no, I know. And he knows all the facts, and he understands it's serious. But he still gets lax. And so he'll go bowling with a bunch of people. And one person had COVID. So then that person had to report to everyone, I have COVID. And so then I was worried about him. But it turns out he tested negative. So I guess he's fine. He
1: does have like a flu, but he doesn't have COVID, I guess. So he did not learn a lesson from this at all, I don't.
0: Did well, I think he did. It's, he's one of those okay. people that feels guilty for not caring more and
1: being lazy. <laughs> and it's one of those I things. I guess that's something.
0: Yeah, like he'll feel bad when I say, yeah, I know about four or five people now that have had it. And then uh, one of my friend's friends uh, died of a heart attack from COVID. And he's like, oh, yeah, I should really stop going out to bars with my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, so that's my only other piece of news. I got nothing else. Well, let's move on uh, to the next segment. Uh, Backyard Blast Bird Blur.
1: Yeah, she sent me so many fucking texts today.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, complaints about you? Is everyone trying to break up with you?
1: No, no, for, for the blurb. there's just There's a lot today. So I'll just get into it, I guess, right? Gretchen's Backyard Blast Bird Blurb, Thanksgiving edition. <laughs> in honor of Thanksgiving, we will learn a bit about the wild turkey, which is the largest native game bird in Minnesota. Almost became our national bird, Look. losing to the bald eagle by a single vote. Oh, they had a vote.
0: Uh, wait.
1: No. I, well, I want to know more about this election for the national bird. The national who, who bird the was electors. almost the turkey.
0: Can you imagine, like, America, the land of the proud turkey?
1: <laughs> well, you wouldn't be denigrating them if you knew that they are strong flyers and can reach speeds approaching 60 miles per hour. What? They are able to fly straight up and then away Ooh. like a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Their eyesight is three times better than humans. They also have excellent hearing and can hear competing males up to a mile away. They roost in trees at night.
0: That I actually know. I've never seen a turkey fly 60
1: miles per hour up in the air above treetops. Yeah, I-, I only ever see him, like, standing in the middle of the road in Edina.
0: Yes, that's the thing. And when I lived uh, in the the condo, Uh, there was like a lot of wooded area around the condo and there was turkeys everywhere all the time. And if you were trying to like get into your garage, they'd all cluster so you couldn't get in. So one time I got mad and just started kind of slowly rolling to make them move out of the way. And one started trying to attack my tire, thinking that it was fighting a beast and its weak spot was the the feet of the car. I don't know. It was weird, but um, I would only ever see them like in the mornings. I would sip coffee and uh, look out the condo patio window it was crappy shit you've you've been there once uh, yeah. and i would watch as the sun's coming up and i would see these giant black things just drop out of the trees and it turns out it was turkeys and i up until then i never it never occurred to me that they can actually fly up so that's interesting yeah, I, $60 I, well
1: i'd like to see this because like, i've never seen it either so hmm. i don't know i i'm not doubting gretchen here but i'm i'm Curious where she's getting her information. I think Gretchen maybe has been duped. I don't.
0: <laughs> kind of like how people you know start believing QAnon bullshit. Yeah, but I believe Gretchen <laughs> is passing is this like... information
1: along in good faith, but I, yeah, maybe she just. I love that QAnon check has different like,
0: branches. Like besides politics and pedophilia and stuff, then they're also like bird facts. QAnon bird facts section. <laughs> it's like. Did you know that turkeys can fly 60 miles per
1: hour, 3,000 feet in the the sky? (laughs) Your mom's like, wow.
0: (laughs) All right, anything else?
1: Oh, yeah. Like I said, she sent a shitload of texts today. Well, the the
0: Thanksgiving For her
1: segment. Yeah, so we've got some, what I'm assuming are terrible jokes coming up. All right. What did the mother turkey say to her disobedient children?
0: (laughs) Just that If your father
1: could see you now, he'd turn over in his gravy.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> she had me at the mother turkey with disobedient children, <laughs> but yeah, turnover in his gravy is a good one. wow oh, that's adorable, oh, Mom. I jokes. don't know if I
1: can even read the next oh, two keep jokes. Oh, going.
0: They're they're adorable.
1: What happened when the turkey got into a fight? She <laughs> got the stuffing knocked out of him. Oh, I can
0: see that one coming. Wow. That's like, uh, that's your classic joke book uh, joke, is what that one would be. Like you buy a joke book from the yeah drugstore
1: or something. It's got 101 yeah. turkey jokes, and that'd be one of them. Anything else? What do you get when you cross a turkey with a banjo? A turkey that can pluck itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one made me lightheaded. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, I, I've got an issue with that. I mean, a banjo can't pluck itself.
0: Yeah, but if a turkey is made out of a banjo...
1: You would still need somebody else to do the plucking, right? I, this, this one makes no sense.
0: Yeah, that one's kind of weird. Like, it would have to have a hollow body... Yeah, like,
1: the, yeah. The turkey can pluck itself, and this joke can go fuck itself. Oh, Way to go, mom. Man. Thanks,
0: mom. Those are some harsh words. Your mother now. Your mother is gonna
1: break <laughs> up with the podcast. And her her final text is "Happy Thanksgiving, everyone."
0: Oh, happy Thanksgiving, Gretchen. Well, let's
1: move on. Yeah. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> Let's get into the book, Ben. (laughs) Let's uh, talk about Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer, written in 2008. We used to have fun facts about the author, that I have none. And I'm so sick of this book now. I've hit the (laughs) the twilight fatigue where we get to the end of the book and I'm just not interested anymore.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, me too. So I, uh, I mentioned I get all these annoying news articles fed to me through Google about Twilight and one of them was about uh, Stephanie Meyer and how she Bella was inspired by some of her own uh, personal experience so Bella in the Twilight in the first book she moved from where Phoenix or whatever to to Forks and when she Mm -hmm. was in Arizona she never thought of herself as being particularly attractive or sought after by the boys and then when she moved Mm -hmm. to Forks all the boys were after her (laughs) and Stephanie Meyer (laughs) said she was inspired by that uh, because she had a similar experience in her own life she used to live in Scottsdale Arizona and she Seemed to be a very ordinary girl there, but when she went to college mm-hmm. at uh, BYU Brigham Young University in Utah, the, the Mormon <laughs> university, she said she <laughs> just had just countless dates with the cutest boys. So that's what inspired her to have Bella's uh, life uh, run parallel so to that. Yeah,
0: it's because she went to a Mormon school where it's like you're not supposed to do anything till you're yeah. married. So all the guys are way hornier. Yeah. <laughs> but in Scottsdale, Arizona. You just go have sex with someone, you're not so horny anymore.
1: Well, yeah. Ah, anyways, well. so that, that was my fun Steffi Meyer fact. Well, she was, was a fact. she Thank thinks you. she was hot shit at BYU. So,
0: why don't you give the patented uh, Krabby Ben review of the chapters we read? Chapters 29 to 39.
1: Yeah, and looking at my notes, I even kind of gave up on this part of it. So, I, <laughs> hopefully, I can fill in the blanks here at the end. <laughs> uh, so, this is the, uh, the second half of book three of book four <laughs> of the Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn. <laughs> book three is Bella.
0: And I think this is episode three of our podcast review of Breaking Dawn. <laughs> so that complicated. No, this is more
1: than three. That's at least four. Is it? Are we on episode four?
0: I don't
1: know. Uh, go on. Yeah. Uh, so I don't even I don't remember what happened last episode. So anyway, Alice had some vision that the Volturi were coming for him because somebody saw the creepy baby that Bella and Edward made that Renesmee thing. <laughs> and they thought it was a vampire baby, which is totally against the rules. So mm. Alice saw this vision of the Volturi coming to kill the Cullens. So there's several chapters of them mentally and physically preparing for this confrontation, which is apparently a month away For from- I still don't understand why it was going to take them a month to get there. Um, <laughs> So Bella demands that Edward teach her how to fight. um, And then also she goes to get forged documents for some reason. (laughs) Like the creepy baby needs a passport all of a sudden. Um, And then my next note is lots of nothing. Uh uh, More nothing. Yep. Uh, And then there's a pretty anticlimactic meeting with the Volturi finally, like a month later. Yep. Um, Turns out the werewolves... Like Jacob, they're not actually werewolves. Yep. They're, they're shapeshifters. <laughs> I know. Um, there was a bunch of talking. I think it was supposed to be like clever back and forth between the Collins and the, the Volturi, but it was just tedious.
0: Yeah.
1: And eventually they, they all were friends and went their separate ways, and everyone lived happily ever after. Well,
0: if anything, the Volturi just found another person to go after and try and kill. <laughs> but we can get into that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. There's some evil. There's some mad scientist in Brazil. I, I didn't.
0: Is it a mad scientist? Entire, I thought it was like a vampire that just kept having sex with human women and then they die. But he keeps the baby alive as well. Well, yeah,
1: it's a vampire, but he considers himself a scientist. And he's trying to make some master race of half human, half vampire. It, it's so fucking stupid.
0: Yep, I know. Uh, as far as what sucked. For me, instead of specific things, it's the concept of the book. That it has two parts. One, I think she's trying to piggyback on the success of Pokémon. Because every vampire's <laughs> okay. got some Don't dumb, work. stupid skill. Yeah, they do. They have these
1: stupid... Yeah. And no, two vampires seem to have the same skill. I they all know. have unique skills.
0: If you've been around for hundreds of years, you think you'd eventually learn other skills to match the people around. But no, no, you've got one skill like a Pokemon. and uh,
1: and, and conveniently enough, like, there's... One vampire seems to be offset by the skill of another vampire. Yep. They cancel each other out. It's, I know. Yeah, it's very very <laughs> symmetrical. It's quite nice. Now
0: that I know that, <laughs> and I'm finishing this book, I'm like, my god, it's just Pokemon. It's like, Bella, I choose you. And she's like, she's finally reached her final form, where she can like, yeah, do and, the shield thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, and of course, Bella turns out to be the strongest one, because she has the shield. She's the protector. I of every, know, and, yeah, and the shield so thing dumb.
0: is so dumb. Like Apparently, her skill has just never been conceived before, so everything so she cancels everything out. She's like the big yeah. winner. Because uh, she. It's. Because she could like project some sort of force field thing that confuses people around the one she loves. And and <laughs> uh, apparently this magic has been in her brain when she was human because it's what prevented anyone from being able to read her mind. But when she expands it out, people can read her mind like vampires. And I'm like, this is so yeah. dumb. Oh,
1: that was, yeah.
0: And then the other half of what makes this book suck, besides the Pokemon aspect, is that it's all about, and I'm, I'm trying to think back. Like, I think maybe all the books have been this way, but definitely the end of this book is this way. You set up conflict to keep the reader reading, I guess, if you call this, like, exciting conflict. Uh, the conflict being at the Volturi are like, we, uh, we know you've got a vampire baby, so we're coming to kill it and kill all of you. And then they're like, oh, no, they're coming. I hope we can talk them out of it because this baby's half human. So that's the conflict. What happens when the Volturi show up? The baby's half-human. The Voltaire are like, oh, that's not bad. And then that's kind of it. <laughs> I know. Like, everything works out. There's no consequences for anything that ever happens in this book. And it's not that it works out because they fought or they did something ingenious and eventually won what, to get whatever they wanted. It just happens like, oh, lucky for us, they're cool with it. And that's the way they were with the yeah. werewolves. Like, we we're going to kill all these werewolves. Wait, they're not real werewolves. They don't bite each other to infect each other. They're just born this way, and so they're they're fine.
1: So everything yeah. just they're they're, everything they're works just out. shapeshifters who happen to shift into the shape of werewolves. Yeah.
0: So everything's fine. There's no there's no point to the conflict. It's kind of like saying, "Oh, no, no I'm going to be late for work. I'm oh shit, I'm never going to be able to drive fast enough on the highway to make this meeting." Then you get there and you find out, "Oh, it turns out they canceled the meeting, so I'm not in trouble." And that's the end of the story. <laughs> it's like that's what everything in this book is like. Yeah. So those are my biggest uh, what sucked out of this. I hate that Alice has more visions of the Volturi killing the Cullens and blah, blah, blah. And at the very end of the book, they're like, oh, Alice, it turned out that the Volturi didn't kill us after all. And she's like, not all my predictions are true. (laughs) This is the possibility
1: of what could happen. Sometimes people change their mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then how are you able to see the future? All you're doing is just looking at probabilities. You're not seeing the
1: future. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. What what sucked for me is it was there were a couple of parts where I noted that Stephanie Mar seemed to just be trying to use big words and failing at it. It just how the No. Huh? Did you pick
0: out any? I didn't really pick any. I was listening to the audio. Or like,
1: yeah, in of that, some so. of the dialogue. there's this one passage in particular um, where Caius and Aro, two of the Volturi vampires, are like arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. How can you abide this infamy? Why do we stand here impotently in the face of such an outrageous crime, covered by such a ridiculous deception? Uh, it just seemed weird. Yeah, and it clumsy. Seems a
0: too and- thesaurus. It's the
1: Yeah, <laughs> and not even that good. It was like I don't know. Maybe she's doing that because they're supposed to be the classier, older vampires. I, so she's like, they'd use big words. I think that's words. exactly so what it was. It still car. seemed childish. It was like a, like an eight-year-old trying to use big <laughs> words. I, it was just Yeah, so that sucked for me.
0: Yeah, and then Edward won't fight her. The, uh, yeah, the uh, acts of love were so stupid. Yes. He, he can't fight her because like, oh, this is like just training you is too close to me really fighting you for real. I can't do it. And then he puts his back of his... Palm on his forehead and looks away. It's just so tacky. The baby, the baby will keep doing stuff like hugging the mom when she gets really upset about things, and then be like, "I love you, mama. I love you more than any baby could ever love their mom." <laughs> and stuff. And I'm just like, "This is so sappy." This is like Stephanie Meyer's is one of those parents that's just constantly like, "Look at my baby. Isn't what well, my baby doing uh, amazing?" And now she got to put it into book form. Like my
1: baby loves me so much. Y- you know what else uh, was touching? Hmm. When. Mozart. A tear the size of a baseball rolled into the russet fur beneath Jacob's eye.
0: <laughs> oh, oh! you know what else I have in my notes? Because uh, I'm looking for quotes that I circled. Like, for example, first for no reason at all, they, just like last time, are going to meet up with the bad vampires out in a field in the woods uh, like last time, and like last time, uh, Edward, Jacob, and Bella have to sleep in a tent overnight for no reason. It's like a greatest hits on our Wait, last book. Wait, they did. So the
1: oh, yeah, I they, missed all, that. Uh, they I, all, I was uh, just uh, trying to get skinned Yeah,
0: no, they they stayed in the woods overnight just like last time. But this time, she's not freezing and she has to snuggle up with the hot wolf boy. Uh, to get his body heat. Now she's, like, fine just sitting in the cold because she's a vampire yeah. now. And she says, three different kinds of heartbreak couldn't be avoided. Now everything is in perfect balance, she thinks to herself, as she's sitting in the tent, just like in the last book with the boys. And the other thing I circled actually didn't turn out to be a quote. Uh, it's something I wound up finding out uh, on my own. Uh, Sean Penn married Val Kilmer's 25-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you might be interested <laughs> to know that Sean Penn has married Val Kilmer's 25-year-old daughter. 25-year-old daughter. He's like 60-something. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, he probably knows Val Kilmer from, like, the 80s when they probably were, like, had, like, movie sets next to each other when they were filming separate movies or something. And Who would have thought that years later, he'd marry his daughter. Hey, it's a lot like Jacob. <laughs> Uh, imprinting <laughs> on a child,
1: <laughs> and and if we're getting into the what the hell section of the show, I would say, sure. Jacob uh, not only imprinted on Renesmee, God, I hate that name. He gave her a promise <laughs> ring. Oh yeah, Did? I missed you, that. Man. Oh my God, how uh, great is that?
0: That's like the the thing that like a lot of dads do, and it's like mostly in the South where they give their daughters promise rings, and they have this like promise ring ball
1: thing where all the dads bring their daughters. Wait, dance the dads give prom- like, I thought like the boyfriends gave yeah, promise rings.
0: No, I mean normally but there's been a trend over the last however many years that they have these big balls where it's like you're tr- they're trying to get their daughter to promise they're going to save themselves for marriage so the dads will like take them to this thing and treat them like a princess and then get down on one knee and give them a promise. But like, I thought the promise rings was the promise being, for the person that you
1: were saving yourself for like that implies that uh, dad wants to fuck his daughter.
0: I know! Which is part of them co-opting something that already existed and was fine on its own. I'm going to stop. Look, I got, I got, <laughs> you got me real worked up into a lather. Ben, I want to apologize to you, and I want to apologize to the listeners. Uh, one of the things about uh, What the Hell, this book gets, it's like Stephanie Meyer was exhausted towards the end of this book and was, like anybody in a cult, gets real emotional uh, once all common sense has been broken down.
1: Uh, that wait, she wait, was wait, wait, Sean, hell who, He didn't marry Val Kilmer's daughter. Well no, that's what i He married heard. Vincent D'Onofrio's daughter. What? Yeah.
0: Well, now I got to look this
1: up. I mean, I believe you,
0: but I heard from this podcast I was listening to where they said it was Val Kilmer's. No, it's Vincent D'Onofrio. Which I, this doesn't make it any better, but confirms marriage. Also, oh, this was just
1: this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sixty. He is sixty, and she is twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Wikipedia does not know her exact age.
0: Oh, it is Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay. Well, now I
1: want to know who Val Kilmer's daughter is married to.
0: I think she's got to be married to somebody that's important. Or else... oh, him, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, yeah, wow. you know
1: Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, I've seen him in other yeah. movies.
0: That's funny. Well, now Val Kilmer.
1: Val Kilmer's daughter is named Mercedes, Mercedes Kilmer. Oh, Val's had some plastic surgery. Well, he doesn't he have like throat cancer or something? I thought he. He said, I, th- oh, I think he had a lot of. Serious health issues.
0: Uh, Val Kimmer admits he hasn't had a girlfriend in twenty years. Val Kimmer's daughter Mercedes flaunts her tiny waist. I hate <laughs> looking up stuff on
1: the internet. Yes. I guess she's not married to anybody.
0: Oh, Mercedes.
1: Too, then how does her life have any meaning? That's so sad.
0: <laughs> if you're not, if she's not out dating a lot of cute boys and eventually getting married, then what is she doing? She has no meaning. Yeah. Garrett. Is one of the many vampires that show up. I know the there's like, the like forty of them, and I, the I, I can't Cullin keep family.
1: track of or care about any of them.
0: Uh, I know I did start kind of making notes. uh Well, so Garrett makes a speech because the Volturi basically like says that the Volturi wanted power, but he couldn't beat the Cullens because the Cullens' power is in their <laughs> love for each other, which is stronger than the Volturi's. You know whatever. So dumb. Yeah. Um, I don't remember which one is. There's the Romanian vampires. Yeah, they were
1: just there because apparently the Romanian vampires used to be in charge until the Volturi took over. So they were just chuck, chuckling from the sidelines about Volturi takes.
0: And did they say something about how they're petrified? I Again, audiobook, and I wasn't going yeah,
1: to lie I, that much. They did, and I didn't catch it right away, but then they kept talking about it. Yeah, apparently they just sat still for hundreds of years meditating or something, and (laughs) their skin petrified. It was fucking stupid. Um, If we're talking about other vampires, I would like to mention the Egyptians. The Egyptians. Of whom uh, Bella said, the Egyptians all looked so alike. (laughs) Really?
0: (laughs) I like that one of them has an American. It's just Benjamin. Yeah. You got Amun, but then you got Benjamin. Garrett's one of the nomads, nomad vampires. Oh wait, should I I expand
1: on the Egyptians? Oh, go ahead. No, the Egyptians all looked so alike with their midnight hair and olive-toned pallor. They they all look very similar. Egyptians, you can't tell them apart.
0: No, you can't. Olive-skinned sons of bitches. Uh, I like the nomads mainly because they were introduced as if they were dressed really horribly, like they're hillbillies. So I thought that was pretty funny. You got, like, the hillbilly vampires, yeah. where they're just kind of not as classy, kind of dumb, a little out of touch. Their fashion's, like, ten years behind. Got the Romanians uh, that the Volturi overthrew uh, their empire. Got the Amazons. Yeah. Zafrina. This is... And each of them have skills that I didn't write down. I do know that Zafrina can make people hallucinate yeah. and see that they're in an environment yeah. or whatever. Uh, that's I don't pretty know.
1: impressive. Wow.
0: One thing that really bothered me, if this is going to go in a what-the-hell section, there was just a part when Bella was going to go get the... The fake, I keep wanting to say driver's license, passport, for not for herself and the baby, but for Jacob and the baby. I won't say the baby's name because I hate it. And like, this guy's gonna write him up, but when she goes to meet him, she can hear, she's so hot, she can hear his heart beating faster and how he breathes a little heavier every time she says anything. And then if she looks at him, like, it just... That the whole thing was just about how hot she is. And she can't even have a conversation with someone without them just falling apart. And the Volturi at some point even comment about like, well, you're... You look incredible, even better than most vampires when they change over, which I guess you're always beautiful when you change into a vampire. So she's really got to lay on thick, the whole Bella's hot as hell thing, which was really driving me crazy. Yeah. Uh, There's even a mention of a use of an MP3 player, so she caught up to that period of time. (laughs) They stopped using CDs. I thought that was pretty good. Then, yeah, there's basically no fight. They realize, okay, the baby isn't all vampire. It's part human. And it's like, oh, so that nullifies. But then it's like, I think they want to bring the baby on to be part of their group. Because normally they kill everyone and then take the most talented Pokemon out of the group and keep it for themselves. <laughs> yeah. And so they wanted to do that with a baby, and for some reason they didn't. And then, like... But then they hear about this other guy in Brazil who's just trying to mass-produce these babies. So they're going to go kill him and probably kill all those babies. But then why are they letting this baby live? And then they're saying, is this baby completely abnormal? And do we have to worry about it being dangerous as it gets older? And then that's when Alice shows up because she's out secretly trying to hunt down somebody. And she won't really say yeah. who. She comes back with this, like, buck tooth weirdo. <laughs> and he's like, I'm also part human. <laughs> like, <laughs> And they're like, oh, and you're 48 years old. Okay, well, then I guess you're not dangerous, so we'll let this one live. But then they say, hey, there's a whole bunch of ones just like this. Uh, Like, well, we got to go kill all them. Well, then why don't you kill the two that are right in front of you?
1: No, what? Were there was some? I don't remember. There was something different about the ones that are going to. I don't remember. Maybe. Oh
0: no, maybe they were just killing I the
1: that, mad scientist's dead, weren't they? Not going to kill the offspring.
0: I was under the assumption they were going to kill the offspring because then at the very very no, end, I think they the said something like don't the final don't chapter, kill
1: like the the bucktooth yokel said don't kill my sisters they're innocent <laughs> go ahead and take out with my dad <laughs> oh though. yeah because sisters yeah. too
0: that's right that's right I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, the final chapter called Happily Ever After. Literally, the final chapter is called Happily Ever After. Uh, they <laughs> do mention, so like, the Volturi might be back, which I thought was super freaking cheesy. But the Bella's shield thing, they all decide that her shield thing saved the day. Not the people that can, like, actually kill, but just the one that can sort of, like, cloud men's minds. Save the day. So apparently she's always the best. Bella and Edward make peace with Jacob, even though... They already did make peace with Jacob multiple times because they're like, here, you hold on to the baby. We know you'll keep it safe because you want to make sex with it. And so that it's like they also when they get the passport, they're giving the passport to Jacob and the baby so that they can go away and be yeah. safe. Uh, they've already trusted Jacob with the baby. They've already accepted the inevitable, which is he's grooming this child. But now at the very end, they're like, you know what? He's not that bad after all. I'm OK with their eventual marriage. Oh, Charlie's dating someone? What was that about? It's like a werewolf mom? Wait, he is? I guess at the end, they were like mentioning about how like that werewolf mom's going to be perfect for Charlie. Huh. I'm like, I missed something. I'm not rewinding this. Sue?
1: see dating Sue? I don't know. I guess. No, I, guess that, Sue. I don't know. I don't even remember who Sue is. Sue's one of the werewolf moms. Okay. I know that she was over for Christmas or whatever. I, yes.
0: Uh, a couple of quotes, then I'm all done. Uh, no one ever loved anyone as much as I love you, which is something that when Edward When she does her dumb shield thing, it opens up her mind and Edward can finally read her mind, which why would you ever want to let him do that? It's just weird. (laughs) So she does it. And then the first thing he finds out is her in her brain whispering to him, no one ever loved you as much as I love you, which, oh, isn't that just so pure? And then it ends with, and then we continue blissfully into the small but perfect piece of our forever. (laughs) Yep. I want to light my house on fire. Well, anyway, Ben, do you have a section picked out that you want to read for Ben's Corner?
1: Uh, no, so let me find one, to, unless you have one.
0: Nope, I don't. Do you... God damn it. Would you recommend, as a whole, this book to anyone? No. No. Of course not. No. I know. I, well, you might as well take this that stupid question out, because
1: we're not going to recommend it. No, nah, I think we should keep it in there, just to, to reiterate. F- uh, bad book. Don't read this book. Very bad book.
0: All right, well, you try to find yourself uh, a segment you want to read.
1: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, here when when Max the shady guy watching the door for this lawyer Jay Jenks because mm-hmm. that was weird too. So this lawyer has two offices. He's got one in this dilapidated building in some bad part of town, and then he's got his like real office in a skyscraper downtown. Yeah, because he does his shady business, the document forging. I it's weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so Bell there because Alice gave Bella this address to get forged passports, so... Anyway, this guy's watching the door, and his name is Max, and he calls uh, his boss, Jay Jenks, to, um,
0: Which is such a dumb name.
1: (laughs) I know. Call Mr. Jenks to let him know that, uh, Bella's looking for him. Hey, Jay, it's Max. (laughs) I know I'm never supposed to call you at this number, except in an emergency.
0: Why is he like a 1940s newsman? (laughs) That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Uh, sort of my only male voices I I know how to do, (laughs) so... (laughs)
0: Sorry, I keep sidetracking you. I just love that you're in the office and like, Ben, do that impression of uh, a project manager, Steve. And you're like, okay, but this is the last time, fellas. Hey, fellas, when are you going to get that project? (laughs) The only male voice you could do is a 1940s newsman. (laughs) Okay, go on. Sorry.
1: Is there an emergency?
0: I heard faintly from the other
1: end. (laughs) Well, not exactly. It's this girl who wants to see you. I failed to see the emergency of that. Why didn't you follow normal procedure? I didn't follow normal procedure because she don't look like any kind of normal. Is she a badge? No. Is
0: she you a can badge? be sure
1: about you can't be sure about that. Does she look like one of Kugrov's? Now let me talk, okay? She says you know her sister or something. Not likely. What does she look like? She looks like his eyes ran from my face to my shoes appreciatively. <laughs> what? Well, she looks like a freaking supermodel. That's what she looks like. I smiled as you winked at me. Then went on. (laughs) Rocket body. Pale as a sheet. Dark brown hair almost to her waist. Needs a good night's sleep. Any of this sounding familiar? No, it doesn't. I'm not happy that you would let your weakness for pretty women interrupt. Yeah, so I'm a sucker for the pretty ones. What's wrong with that? I'm sorry I bothered you, man. Just forget it. Name, I whispered. (laughs) All right, wait, Max said. She said her name is Bella. Cullen, that'd help. There was a beat of dead silence, then the voice on the other end was abruptly screaming, using a lot of words you don't often hear outside a truck stop. (laughs) Max's whole expression changed. All the joke vanished. his lips went pale. Because he didn't ask, Max yelled back, panicked. (laughs) There was another pause while well, Jay, I'm getting my voice is all mixed up, I think. No? I know. Suddenly they're all anyway. turning into
0: like 1940s screaming woman <laughs> newsman.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to stop. I think there. that's a good
0: way to stop. I'm, I'm doing that thing where I'm sweating because you had me laughing so much. Uh, I forgot about that. I actually did write that down in my notes that she says about how he starts using words you only hear at a truck stop. And I'm like, what kind of sheltered life does she lead? I hear people say fuck all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up. Well, Ben, that was our uh, book. Uh, of course, as we already said, neither one of us would recommend it. Oh, God, no. So glad it's over. Like uh, I was saying before, we really need to take a break uh, and read something else because I can't, yes. I can't imagine doing like one book, maybe two books, and then all of a sudden we're back into this bullshit again. Especially if we're going to read that newest one where it's just the same Twilight, the first book, but from Edward's well, point of view. Well,
1: before we get to that, we have to read the short Second Life of Bree Tanner, an <laughs> Eclipse novella. <laughs>
0: Uh, I wish that she'd write a book about the Gomer guy who's like, the, the inbred person is like, well, my dad's been making people like me since 1974. Yes, so I don't know what you think our next book should be. Uh, we do have a babysitter's club. That'll, that'll cleanse the palate. Maybe we should do a babysitter's club for the next one.
1: Do you want to wait yeah, two weeks I...
0: before we do it, or do you want to... You don't have a life anymore, so I guess you could probably just do it next
1: week, huh? Uh, actually, I probably could. I mean, I'm... Got a couple of days off for the holiday. The Babysitter's Club book is pretty short. Uh, of course, we're going to find out the truth about Stacy. <laughs> right? That's, that's where we're in agreement on that.
0: Yes. Yeah. No, I have it uh, I have it on my list. I think I may have purchased it already for the Kindle and stuff.
1: So. Okay. So, yeah, I've got that on my shelf, so we should do that. i also got Nancy Drew, and then we have a list of books that I need to acquire.
0: Well, please. Which, of course, when I go shopping for new
1: books, I'm going to support local bookstores and shop online with Bookshop. That's (laughs) Bookshop.org. Where you can find such titles as what? Dinosaur Helicopter Ass Pounding. What is it called?
0: It's on there already. Helicopter Man Pounds Billionaire Dinosaur Ass. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to go to uh, NuzzleHouse.com, a beautiful and easy-to-use website. Click on some of the buddy links, like the uh, one that's called Bookshop, which is NuzzleHouse.com Bookshop. And when you click on the buddy link there, uh, it takes you straight to our Bookshop page where you can see uh, the Helicopter Man uh, Dinosaur Ass. I forget what it's called already. You have that was it in- by the
1: esteemed Chuck Tingle. I know that.
0: <laughs> have you been to the website recently, Ben? Because I updated it. Now it's
1: beautiful. No, I'm trying to get there, right? I,
0: I, uh... All you got to do is simply go to your favorite browser, type in http colon slash slash nuzzlehouse.com. It's that easy. And once you go there, you're going to see a beautifully designed web page that I did not do myself.
1: Uh, That's so that. easy to use. Wait, is this still a WordPress site or what are we doing? It's still uh, doing a
0: WordPress right? site. I moved oh, it wow. on over and uh, they had a better template thing. And I said, ah, we'll do this from now on. And uh, Oh, I
1: like this. This is nice.
0: It does. Click on any one of the shows right there on the front page, Ben.
1: I almost called you Jim. I don't know why I almost did that. I don't know, those are all Leaves of Glenn episodes. I don't know. I know, it's because you haven't done
0: one in a while. But you can see the new layout is fantastic, easy on the eyes and intuitive and easy to use.
1: I like this font too. It looks
0: bookish. Bookerly? Yes, it does look bookerly, doesn't it?
1: Yes, <laughs> it does. It's a very <laughs> handsome site that we have here at Notherhouse
0: <laughs> And also it's easy easy to buy your favorite books just by clicking on the buddy link over there on the side uh
1: com slash bookshop
0: yeah that would be it okay Maybe purchase all your favorite books while supporting i'm why i'm doing your bit now
1: nah forget yeah. it yeah we support uh
0: books well all right ben thanks for taking time out of your busy romantic life to uh <laughs> To be on this Fuck show, you. <laughs> and I look forward to your availability and tapping into your loneliness to make many more shows to come.
1: Yes, it's going to work out quite well for everybody. <laughs> you know?
0: And here I was worried that the podcast was going to suffer. Well, not anymore. Now you got nothing else to do except think. Yeah, about only, you only suffered
1: for what two episodes at most. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm back. True. I'm back. <laughs> I played Dungeons and Dragons with a group of people
1: uh, online. (laughs) Fucking nerd. Jesus.
0: (laughs) I know. Uh, Somebody I know invited me to play with them. And it's like this weird eyes wide shut situation where it's an incredibly wealthy guy that invites over all these people. (laughs) I'm not making this up. I've been to his house once or twice to play in person, but mainly just online. And he loves playing Dungeons and Dragons, setting the whole thing up. And he invites complete randoms like two of the guys that are playing regularly are two guys that actually like worked on building his deck out in the back of his house uh, <laughs> so they're just like very blue-collar guys and they don't fit in with the weird english man who dresses really well on a saturday afternoon <laughs> to play dungeons and dragons and eat doritos uh and he's got an english accent and everything and so it's like there's just this weird hodgepodge and it's like this weird eyes wide shut thing like I wouldn't be surprised if he made us use fake names. Like, I would be Mr. White or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was playing that with him, uh, with them the other day. And, uh, but there was a period when I was dating someone almost a year ago where I stopped playing with them. I was just like, I don't have any more time. And they're like, why? What's going on? And I'm like, well, I've been seeing somebody, so I just don't have the time I used to have. And they're like, oh. And one of the guys says, you'll be back. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, weirdos. <laughs> so then, when uh, when the breakup happened, uh, one of them reached out and was like, "So how are things going? Uh, you ready to come back?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so they're like, "He's back." <laughs> so that's that's you with this podcast. Yeah, I'm back. You're back. I knew you'd be back. I knew it wasn't yeah, gonna last long. Yeah. Plus, I sabotaged it behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, with that, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode, where we, uh, what, next week, where we talk about the Babysitters Club. Uh, yes, Mandy's private secret. Yes,
1: yeah, Stacy's got some sort of secret.
0: Okay. <laughs>